Uh, we're going to talk about what's going on in BC politics. A legislature resumes next week. Is that right? The legislature is back next week. So the fall session began with uh, three days last week. Then they're on break uh, for the Thanksgiving holiday. And then they're back next week. And I guess the first question, open question, is how will the legislature respond, have its say around, uh, well, let's see, murder, rape, kidnapping, violence in the Middle East, particularly involving Hamas. The BC United, um, Simi has written a letter to the Speaker suggesting an emergency debate. So that's where they take an hour out of the daily schedule and members can get up and speak, uh, speak their minds on it. The government has come back with, uh, we don't think that's necessary. Why don't we just do ministerial statements? So that's where a representative of each of the four main parties will get up and speak for about five, 10 minutes. So more time set aside in the BC United proposal than in the government proposal. Both sides are at least open to having some discussion on it in the House, but the political implications might be a little bit different depending on which format they choose. It's been really interesting, actually, seeing the responses from different politicians and in some cases would-be politicians too, hasn't it? Yes, it has. Although I will say that a lot of the coverage of people getting really out of hand and, quote, celebrating what Hamas did, a lot of that, well, there's been, you know, protests in the streets here in British Columbia, not big ones. Um, And back east, uh, we've had some academics and professors saying, to me, outrageous things, but anyway, they've been saying it. Um, celebrating Hamas, uh, providing, quote, context, as if there's ever context for, as I say, murder, rape, and kidnapping, hostage-taking, but anyway. And some trade union stuff, but again, back east, uh, the most uh, prominent comments were from QP. QP is a union here, but the QP leaders who've been speaking out on this are back in Ontario. So um, I I guess the opposition... um, BC United and the BC Conservatives um, maybe see a bit of a wedge issue here if they can get an entire hour-long debate on this. But the New Democrats here have been pretty careful. Uh, Premier David Eby condemned Hamas at the outset. He did not initially uh, defend Israel's right to defend itself, but he did condemn it. And the New Democrats have left, Simi, most of the comments on this to Selena Robinson, She is Jewish. Uh, She has been eloquent and outspoken on this. And although I've not seen the memo, my guess is that the Premier's office here advised NDP MLAs to leave the talking to Robinson to not, on social media, talk themselves into the kind of uh, things you have to back down and apologize for that we've seen elsewhere. Um, Angela Apaterai, you remember her a year ago, she I do. was running for the leadership of the NDP against David Eby and uh, getting a fair amount of attention. She did in her initial statement on social media, call for an end of the occupation by the apartheid state Israel. And her second posting said, but yeah, don't misunderstand me. I don't approve of what 
Hamas did. So, and the green leader, Sonia Firstino, it took her two postings on social media to condemn Hamas as a terrorist organization. Uh, there's a lot of detail on what we're talking about, Simi, if people want to see more on it. Our friend and colleague, Rob Shaw, has a piece in Business in Vancouver, uh, the Orca. It's posted online, and uh, Shaw really did his homework on this one, so he's got a lot of detail on this. But for the emergency debate versus ministerial statement uh, next week, it, the ruling on an emergency debate, Simi, is up to the speaker. We do get those once in a while, but probably not likely will the Speaker approve an emergency debate without support from all parties in the House. And at the moment, the New Democrats would sooner just one speech from each side, uh, briefer, and move on. Right. So we still don't know exactly what this is going to look like then. No, we don't. But I, I think, you know, they are all on the same page to the extent of they think it's appropriate that something is said in the BC legislature. And I think that's a good thing. Um, you know, as I said, we've seen very, to me, forthright leadership by the mayor of Vancouver, um, the city of Vancouver. Uh, there was, even though it was raining, uh, looked to me like there was fairly good attendance at the pro-Israel rally in uh, Vancouver. So, you know, I, as I said, I there's certainly a controversy right across the country on this one, but you don't see too many issues where the Prime Minister and Pierre Polyev appear to be on pretty much the same page. And for the most part, they were. All four of our political parties are now on record publicly as condemning Hamas as a terrorist organization. So given some of the divisions, including divisions elsewhere in Canada and in the Western world, British Columbia has conducted itself. Our politicians are, have conducted themselves fairly well on this issue, in my view. Ron Palmer from the Vancouver Sun is back <laughs> with us this morning. Uh, all right, let's talk about BC Hydro, which is, I feel, timely because I got my BC Hydro bill this morning. Well, BC Hydro, and BC Hydro is independently regulated, as is ICBC, by the BC Utilities Commission. And in opposition, the New Democrats defended the independence of BCUC every time the party then known as the BC Liberals used to interfere in it. But it will be a familiar uh, storyline to the listener that when opposition parties become government, they lose their patience, they don't much like independence, and the New Democrats have started interfering in the commission. Last year, they ordered the commission to approve a rebate for ICBC. They ordered it to approve, without any further scrutiny, a credit from BC Hydro. And then a month ago, we had uh, an extraordinary act of political interference. Simi, the government stepped in and fired David Morton, the longtime chair, dozen years, and commissioner at the BC Utilities Commission. They fired him. They gave no explanation for it, although one likes the irony. They thanked him for his years of service, and they appointed Mark Jackard as his replacement. Jackard is a prof at Simon Fraser University, Simi. He is also uh, was chair of the commission in the last time the NDP was in government in the 90s. And the New Democrats didn't say much about why they picked him either, but this week, Energy Minister, uh, 
Josie Osborne posted a letter of expectations to Jackard, saying what the government expects from their new chair of the Utilities Commission. Now, it's all cloaked, Simi, in the language of independence. We look forward to working with you. But when you're getting a letter from the bunch that fired your predecessor, uh, this probably qualifies as a pretty strong hint about what the government is actually expecting from the new chair, Mark Jackard, and the new commission. Okay, so then what can we expect, do you think? Yeah, so as I said, they gave no reason for the firing, but David Eby has been complaining. He's not a patient premier, and he's been complaining this year that it takes way too long to get clean energy projects approved in British Columbia. So BC Hydro is going to come up with a clean energy project or transmission line. It takes eight to 10 years for them to go through hydro's planning process, environmental review, local opposition, consultation with the Indigenous community, and approval by the Utilities Commission. So um, the Premier's right. It does take a long time. And it's clear from the letter to the new chair of the commission that this is part of David Eby's desire to get stuff moving at the commission. So um, the, the government's saying, we look forward to working with you on expediting approval of energy projects and bringing the commission's uh, policies and regulations, quote, in line with NDP government objectives. That may not sound as all that independent to you, Simi, but that's where they're going. <laughs> and the rhetoric of we, we want to work with you. Uh, you, you read down in the letter and they go, oh, and by the way, we're planning to bring in legislation to change all this too. So in the event that uh, Jackard isn't quick enough to work with the government and be sympathetic to uh, NDP objectives, uh, they're holding in reserve. They're going to change the legislation to basically tell the commission what to do anyway. So I got some time for Jackard Simi. Uh, he's been around a long time. He's very knowledgeable on energy matters. He's written several books about it, energy economics. Uh, he helped Gordon Campbell put together the Climate Action Plan under the BC Liberals. So he's not uh, somebody who is reluctant to work with the other side. Uh, he criticized the NDP in the 19, in, um, in 2009 election, criticized the NDP for uh, their opposition to the carbon tax. So he is independent-minded, I would say, but he's got his work cut out for him on this one, Simi. He's going to have to prove, I think, publicly that he is capable of resisting what the NDP wants to do when he thinks maybe they're not on the right track on some issues. I think he has to demonstrate the commission right. is still independence because clearly independent because clearly the new Democrats don't much respect the independence of the commission. But this also clearly tells us that I think there is some concern in the NDP government that they need more power. They need more projects. Yeah. They do. And, you know, they have a point that it does take a long time to get stuff done in British Columbia. But the reasons why it takes a long time to get projects approved here is, is written into our political history. You know, the, the Utilities Commission, Simi, was set up because way back in the Socred days, if the Socreds wanted a hydroelectric dam, they just snapped their fingers and BC Hydro started building it and damming some valley. Um, indigenous consultation is something written into law by the Supreme Court of Canada. There's no getting away from it. It can take a long time. There are a lot of indigenous nations in British Columbia. They have different interests. They lack resources. Uh, 
environmental review. Our environmental legislation is tough and the new Democrats have toughened it. So, you know, I, I, Gordon Campbell finally got so exasperated with this process that he passed a law just saying all this stuff has to go ahead. And included in it was Site C, and included in it was smart meters. So that was Campbell's way of dealing with it, just legislated into existence, bypass everything. Um, the New Democrats condemned that. So, you know, as I said, I, I think the Premier has a point when he says it takes too long to approve stuff here in BC, but the New Democrats have also been great defenders of due process. So if they're going to start ramrodding approval of projects, they're running against their own stated policies over the years and their own preference for due process. Mm, so interesting. All right, Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi.